0: They gave me a thumbs up, which means with a skeleton crew, we are live streaming on Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. You guys got so quiet with that countdown. What a reverend group. I, I, was, I was just, it got so quiet in here. Hey, Bing Crosby got what he was looking for, didn't he? Yeah, I'm dreaming. Let's keep going. Just like the ones I used to know. You're so beautiful. Keep going. Where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. That's a secular song. They can't sing that in church. Well, anyhow, Merry Christmas to you. Jesus made the snow. And uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. I'm Pastor Matt, and if you are attending or visiting with us for the first time, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us. We would love to be able to connect you to the church if you don't have a home church. There's a couple of ways to do that. On the seat back in front of you, there's a little card. If you take that to the Welcome Center after the service, we'll give you a gift, because who doesn't need one more gift at Christmas? And uh, we'll give you a little gift, and Send an email this week lets you know a little bit more about the church, which we would absolutely love to do. If you're watching online this morning with some relatives at home staying warm, uh, you can also go to our website and go to the New Here tab, and if you do that and fill that out, we'll get you some information about the church. I think I have one major announcement this morning, unless Carly shows me another one on the back screen, well, Then that's next week. We're having our New Year's Day service Sunday, January 1st at 11 a.m., so same time, same station next week. And uh, we'll just do the one service together and just have a a good time next week getting ready for a new year and celebrating everything that the Lord has done for us. So, but as far as today is concerned, if you are interested in giving a Christmas offering unto the Lord, you can absolutely do that. There's three ways to give. You can uh, give online, you can text to give, or you can give an offering on your way out in honor of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. For unto us a son is born. Unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and of righteousness, there will be no end. And that's what we celebrate today. We've come to worship the King. So why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you get the wiggles and the jiggles out? Get ready to go? And why don't you turn and greet somebody and say, Merry, Merry Christmas.
1: enjoy the world
2: Just sing
1: So we come before you and we adore you.
2: O come ye, O come ye to bed
1: praise your name forever. We'll praise your name forever.
2: We'll praise your name forever.
1: Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we worship you today. We glorify you today for sending your son Jesus in the way that you sent him. Not in the way that we expected, but in the way that was perfect in your sight. And Lord, today we live on the other side of that birth, we live on the other side of the death and the resurrection today we have life in you because of Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you for that.
0: Someone made a gift of Mike 2 last night to themselves after the Christmas Eve service. And therefore, Mr. Ely and I are sharing this morning. Thank you, Paul. And uh, thank you, band. Well, if you are a young disciple but didn't get the memo that they're down the hall, you can skedaddle right now. If you are not a young disciple and you're an old disciple, stay here with me. And so, hey, uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, finishing our series on the announcers. As we have moved through the story of Christmas, we have gone from Zechariah and Elizabeth The new Abraham and Sarah, the New Testament Abraham and Sarah, who are going to have the forerunner to the Messiah, the Savior, John the Baptist. Of course, their lives and their history intersects with Mary's, who is going to also receive a beautiful, beautiful picture from the angel Gabriel that she is going to bear the very Son of God. And then, of course, last night we talked about the nature of God giving this glorious, glorious announcement about the birth of his Son to humble shepherds out in the field who are going to share that news with Mary that they, too bring confirmation. And they announced to her, your son is everything that the angel said he was going to be. And today we're going to look at the net last announcer in the story. Well, you have made it. It's Christmas Day. You haven't missed it. You are here at church. That's one of my favorite lines from all the Christmas movies. I probably watched 72 Christmas movies in the past two months. It's been a lot. But I love that Christmas morning moment when Scrooge busts out the window and he starts talking to a little boy in the street and he says, what day is it? And the little boy in his English accent, of course, because they're in London, it's Christmas Day, sir. And what a Scrooge reply, it's Christmas Day, I haven't missed it, right? A man who has been neglecting Christmas, the, the man who just the evening before could not make himself merry at Christmas and couldn't afford to make idle people merry, now is concerned that he's going to miss Christmas. He doesn't want to miss another Christmas. He's neglected a lifetime of Christmases, and he doesn't want to miss this one. Now, it's very possible today that there are some of us here in this room who, though are in church on Christmas Day, are missing Christmas. It's just another day in the calendar year. You are merely experiencing December 25th, but you're not experiencing Christmas. Well, I'm going to tell you today through a story in the Scriptures how you can never miss a Christmas again because I've discovered the secret to keeping Christmas Day in your heart all year long. And that is this, the people who don't miss Christmas rejoice in Christmas. They know what it is to rejoice in the gift that God has given, and they are happy to do so. Yesterday, we were sitting around enjoying some family time with my in-laws, and my niece got some colored pencils from Grandma. She lifted those colored pencils above her head and screamed a scream that only the Amazon women had heard before. She was exulting and rejoicing in the gift of colored pencils like no one had ever rejoiced in colored pencils before. And I thought, that's a lot of rejoicing for colored pencils. But then I thought to myself, I have had kids in my own family. I get them something far greater than colored pencils. They look at it for a minute and go, oh, thanks. <laughs> right? I'd rather have somebody rejoice and exult in the gift than ignore and despise the gift, wouldn't you? Well, we're going to find today that there is one last person in the story, that nativity story, to rejoice in the gift. Zechariah has come into rejoicing. Elizabeth has come into rejoicing. Mary has come into rejoicing. The angels have come into rejoicing. The shepherds have come into rejoicing. I suppose in a few weeks or months from this very day, the the, the wise men were going to come into rejoicing. But the last one in Luke 2 that we're going to read about in this announcer series is a man named Simeon. And Simeon's going to rejoice at Christmas like no one before because Simeon had waited his whole life for Christmas. He'd waited for it. He'd been thinking about it, praying for it, asking for it his entire life. He's going to take the baby Jesus in his arms and going to rejoice in the gift to his people, the gift to himself, and the gift to the nations. He is the anti-Scrooge. For he's going to show us how to make sure that Christmas is always celebrated with all of our hearts. Are you in Luke chapter 2? Let's read verse 25 and following as Simeon takes the baby Jesus in his arms. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. Before he had seen the Lord's Christ, in the Hebrew that's Messiah, in the English that's anointed one, but in general terms, till he'd seen the Lord's salvation, the Savior. He came into the temple by the Spirit, and when Joseph and Mary brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon then blessed them, and he said to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword's going to pierce your soul also. In order that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Simeon knows some stuff. So if you follow the trajectory of the story, we have started in the temple, the dead center of Israelite religion. We have moved to the humble, despised town of Nazareth that we talked about. Mary is from Nazareth. Mary is part of that village named The Branch. And she is going to bear the baby Jesus. They are then forced to travel to Bethlehem by the decree of caesar augustus in order that they may be registered and it is there that she gives birth to the savior shepherds keeping watch of their flocks by night are told of this glorious birth and they make their way to the manger to tell mary and joseph oh holy moly yeah that's him that's the savior and now they've made their way back to the temple mary and joseph to do with Jesus according to the custom of the law, and there's a couple of different rituals that they needed to follow, a sacrifice and something a little less pleasant. And so they're going to the temple, all right, to dedicate Jesus to the Lord, and they're met by this man, Simeon, who is gonna look at the gift and go, wow, he's come. It says that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation of Israel, and that's probably as good a translation as as any consolation. I think that's a a good translation. It comes from a word, paraklesis, which means to come alongside of. Most of you know that the events of the Bible took place in the language of Aramaic, but were then written down in Greek. Greek was the lingua franca, the language of trade, the language of international relations, just like English is today. You go in the airport, you look at the sign, there's the country's language that you're in, and then there's the English. Greek was the language that the New Testament was written in, and this word Periclesis," to come alongside of, that's what Simeon was waiting for, for someone to come alongside, not just him, but his people. Israel the people through whom holy history had been passed down Genesis through Malachi he was waiting for this paraclesis this help this encouragement this aid that's what that word means help encouragement and aid now i wonder what they needed so badly i mean the location is pretty awesome if you were to google herod's temple for instance or or the second temple you would see one of the most glorious wonders of the world ever built and simeon lives in the shadow of this temple many of you have probably seen on the news or 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 in a in a periodical the jewish people today saying prayers at the at the western wall right and they they put their their prayers in the wall but that's not actually the wall of this former temple that's the retaining wall of a massive temple complex that was built. You would think Simeon living in in, in the shadow of this amazing temple may have believed that his people had achieved something spectacular, that this was the place that their God was worshipped. This was the Vatican before it was the Vatican, right? This was the dead center of Jewish religion, yet he realizes that something's missing. Israel hasn't received the great gift that they've been after. It's like your kid on Christmas morning waiting for the Red Rider BB gun. The one thing that he's been wanting all along has not yet come. Something so much greater than a Red rider BB gun. The, the very thing that Israel has needed all along. A helper to fulfill their destiny. That's what Israel had been looking for. Because they were told from their very beginning, since the time God called Abraham, Israel, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. But that wasn't happening in Simeon's day. Yes, the Israelites had a massive temple. Yes, they had survived exile in Babylon. Yes, they were a people who even had some favor from Rome. In fact, one of the most interesting parts of antiquity is that if you were a Jewish Roman citizen, you could divert your Roman taxes to the temple In Israel they had favor from the Roman government at this point yet yet it wasn't it it wasn't enough Simeon realized that they were not blessing the world that that they were not fulfilling their destiny he needed a paraclete he needed a helper he needed someone to help his people fulfill their destiny and that's what Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel the helper to fulfill their destiny now some people don't like the word destiny in church which I don't get destiny just means destination, the place that you're supposed to go. That's what it's derived from, the destiny. It's not a weird word, it's just, this is where we're supposed to go. We're supposed to be the people who bless the world, yet all we have to show for blessing the world is this massive temple complex. They had not yet blessed the world, and so they needed a helper to come. Israel had a part to play, but they couldn't play the central role in blessing all the people of the world. They needed help, they needed aid, they needed encouragement. I pay my boys 10 cents a pair to match socks. I think it's a pretty fair system. As you know, my family, many of you know, I have a family of seven, and if you could have 15 to 25 pairs of socks per person, that's a lot of socks. But there has never been one time where all the socks got matched. Not once. It pleases me to, to engage the boys in matching the socks. It pleases them to make 2 to $3. But you can do the math. If they each make 2 to $3 at $0.10 cents a pair, we have a lot of socks that have been left unmatched. So what do I have to do? I have to go in and do what only I can do. That really doesn't match. Oh, yeah, they, they missed this over here. Yeah, they just couldn't see this here. They're, they're young. It pleases me that they're involved in the process, but at their age and with what they have available to them, there is no way that they can complete the task. You see, God had been pleased to use a nation of people to bring about his blessing of the earth. He'd been pleased to use Israel all along. In fact, if you remember the, the humble nature of the birth of Christ coming in this manger, that only matches the humble nature of God calling Israel, for they were a nation of slaves. He calls into being things that are not. He loves to use humble and and what the world despises to get his work done. He had called Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He had made them his very own. He had invited them to participate in the process of blessing the nations. And up to that point, they had to their capacity. But their capacity had been reached. Many times their capacity was reached because their sin was too great to go any further. Many times their capacity had been reached because they were simply human and they could not bring about everything that God had planned for humanity. They needed a helper. And Simeon rejoices that day because the helper has come. Look at some of the words Simeon uses to delight in the fact that Jesus Has come. look at verse 32 he says this child is going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people Israel so he's waiting for the helper of Israel but he's also excited that Israel is now going to become everything that God had destined them to be the people through whom salvation has come now Simeon's excited about this corporate gift he's excited about the gift that's given to everybody The consolation of Israel, the idea that God is going to bring them into their destiny. He gets excited. He gets pumped about that. But Simeon gets a very personal gift, though, too. Simeon had been promised by the Lord that he would get to see this Savior, this Messiah, this one who was going to bring about the destiny of Israel before he dies. That was his promise. I wonder how many times he had meandered up to the temple wondering if today was the day. I wonder how many prayers he had prayed to say, God, this isn't it. This just can't be it. I haven't found what I'm looking for. This is not the destiny of my people. God, please, before I die, do what would mean the most to me. Show me the Savior. And one day, It says, by the Holy Spirit, which means before he left home, before he pulled on his sandals, he got a revelation, today's the day. And he goes to the temple, and he sees a humble couple from Nazareth by way of Bethlehem coming to dedicate their son to the Lord. And in a move that I guess in the ancient world was okay, but you current mamas would not appreciate, he takes the baby out of mama's arms and begins to exult and rejoice in the gift. Now your servant can depart in peace. That's all he wanted. He'd been waiting a lifetime for Christmas, and he finally got the gift that he'd been waiting for, a consolation for his people Israel, glory to his people, that they would be able to fulfill the destiny that God had gave their ancestor Abraham, that through them, through a child of Abraham's lineage, through a child of David's lineage, they would be able to bless the world. Now he's like, I can die now. I wonder if he went home and did. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't say, but he was thrilled, he was tickled. He'd seen everything that God had promised to his people and everything that God had promised to Israel, but there was one more gift here. The gift was not just that Israel would get the helper that they needed, and it wasn't just that Simeon would get the blessing that he'd been praying for. Simeon was thrilled that the Gentiles had a gift coming to them too. Now, if you don't know church-speak Christianese, Gentiles are non-Israelite folks, non-Jewish folks. He was excited for them. On this very first week after Christmas, he was thrilled for the Gentiles. Look again at his declaration while he holds this baby in his arms. We're going to read it in full from 29 and following once more. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory for your people, Israel. Do you see it? See, Simeon wasn't a selfish man. He, he wasn't a man who just wanted good things to happen for himself. He didn't just want good things to happen for his people. He wanted good things to happen for you, all you Gentiles. He wanted good things to happen to all peoples who needed a Savior. He was thrilled that salvation had come. A Savior was needed to secure eternity and jesus is it jesus is that savior this declaration that jesus is the savior to secure eternity is also made in the book of matthew do you remember when the angel goes to joseph and says joseph don't be afraid to take mary as your wife he will be called jesus because he will save his people from their sins and he will also be called emmanuel god with us The consolation, God with us. The salvation, Yeshua. The double gift. The gift of God is with us to help us to to be with us through life. But God is that Savior needed to secure eternity as well. That's who Jesus is, and that's what Simeon was rejoicing in. God loves me. I get to see the Savior before I depart this life. God loves my people. They get to have a lasting heritage in the history of the world. I mean, all of us know something about Israelite history. All of us know something about their background. All of us know something about the Holy Land. All of us realize that they are the most persevering people on the face of the planet. Why? Because Jesus came from them, and God has sustained them all of these years. So a gift to my people Israel, and then to think that at the temple that day in Jerusalem, with this humble babe, with parents from Nazareth, that somehow word of this child is going to reach the four corners of the earth. That even even by the time that Luke had written, there was no guarantee that there'd be Christians in every country, in every continent, in every nation, tribe, and tongue. There was no guarantee that the name or the fame of Jesus would spread from 65 A.D., yet it has. Because the Savior had come. I I mean, the, 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 the biblical writers absolutely knew what was going to happen. The people standing there that day around the temple and around the manger, they knew exactly what was going to happen. That this Savior had come and his name and his fame would spread throughout the entire world because there is something in the human heart that longs for eternity, longs for heaven, longs for an afterlife that is full of joy and peace and comfort and, and love. And Jesus had come to secure that for all. But of course, Simeon doesn't stop there. Because what would be a good message from God without a little bit of a storm cloud? He doesn't stop there. He then looks at the parents and blesses them. And I wonder what the nature of that blessing was. I don't know how many of you grandparents have ever blessed your grandchildren or you parents have ever blessed your children But what a beautiful thing that Simeon stops and blesses Mary and Joseph that day. But we do not get an idea of what he said. But we do know what he said next to Mary herself. Because the message is contained in verse 34. Simeon said, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall of rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that the thoughts from many hearts would be revealed. What is Simeon saying? Simeon's making it abundantly clear that it's not all going to be peaches and cream. Roses from this point forward. For we can rejoice in the gift if we recognize it and desire it. But there will be people who will not rejoice in this gift who do not make themselves merry at Christmas and cannot afford to make idle people merry, who call Christmas a humbug. Why? Because of a sign that is opposed. Because of a sign that is opposed. Now, Simeon lets Mary know that this privilege of bearing the Son of God and raising him as your own, that in itself is beautiful, and here's the blessing for it. But it's also going to be tough. Because in his future is going to be something that cuts you to the core. And that sign that is opposed and the thing that cuts Mary to the core are one and the same. And they're over, it's over my right shoulder. No, not a beautiful sanded cross that somebody stained, but a rough hewn instrument of Roman torture that this baby was destined to hang on in order to be the Savior of all eternity. See, there's nothing offensive about the manger, especially with our 21st century sensibilities. We like the idea that the Son of God was not born into a palace, was not given to pretentious human beings, but humble people who were just looking to serve God and do right. People who couldn't even find an inn in which to give birth. We like the idea that the Son of God came to us in humility to be our consolation. Nobody's opposed to the idea of God helping them. That's why so many people, religious and irreligious, pray so often. God, I need your help. God, I need your aid. God, if you're listening or you can hear me or if you're real, I would love you to intervene in my situation. God, will you come to be my Paracletos? Will you be my helper? Nothing offensive about this. This, on the other hand, is a sign that will be and has been opposed. Because this cross says that we don't just need a helper for life, but we need a helper to secure our eternity. Because there is no one righteous, not even one, no one who can stand before God when their life ends and say, I am as holy and righteous as you. Let me enter my rest, not one. This cross says human beings are jaded, have misused their gift of freedom, have opposed God in their heart, and lived their lives in selfish ways, and a savior is needed, and a sacrifice has to be made to cover that sin. And those people burning incense in that temple and offering animal sacrifices on that altar, they're not going to like that. And that's why this cross is going to stand as a rising place and a falling place for many in Israel. Many who in humility will say, depart from me, Lord, for I am not a righteous man like Peter did. But there will be plenty that will say, I don't need a Savior. I'm plenty righteous on my own. And if God doesn't accept me just as I am, that's on him, not on me. What a fatalistic way to look at our creator, who has made a way for us both as our consolation and our salvation. This sign that is opposed in Israel will also be the one that reveals your heart and my heart. Do we really look at our creator and say, I have done everything that you've asked of me with the gift of life that you have given? Or can we look at that sign that is opposed and say, I am certain that I have not done everything asked of me with the sign, with the life that has been given. I need a savior. I need somebody who can forgive my sins and make me new. Because a helper is needed to fulfill destiny but a savior is needed to secure eternity. My desire for each and every one of us would be that by the time we leave this room today, we could say in all honesty, now I could depart in peace because I know the one who is my helper and I have given my life to the one who is my savior. I know that some of you today might be sitting here and you'd say I've missed a lifetime of Christmases if what you've said is true. I have not been looking for God to be my helper, nor have I been looking for God to be my savior. But if what you say is true, then I have been missing what Christmas is all about. If that is you today, whether you are 15 or 85, let me tell you with all my heart the helper has come. And if you still draw breath, you can fulfill the destiny that God has for you. You can still achieve the destination for which he was sent into your life. You can depart in peace knowing that with every last breath that you had, you gave yourself to the one who put you on this planet according to his good pleasure and his good will. You can fulfill what he's put you on this earth to do if you'll ask him. And for many of you, you'd say, you know what, if what you say is true, then I've ignored this Savior. And I've been living in this self-righteous state, convinced that I'm a good person. All my actions are just. All of my thoughts and attitudes are right. I want to tell you today, your Savior has come. See, there's a great freedom that comes when we admit to ourselves that all of our actions are not just. (laughs) A massive peace that comes when we admit finally to ourselves that all of our thoughts and attitudes are not right. See, that's a gift. Because it's then that we can humble ourselves before God and say, will you be my wonderful counselor? Will you be my Prince of Peace, my Father, my Lord? To release unto God all of that and say, I will look at that sign that is opposed, that my heart is opposed to in principle, and say but I'll be soft before you God and I'll admit that my life is in need of a savior let's celebrate the gift of Christmas would you bow your heads and pray with me Perhaps you're in church today and you thought you were here because it's just what you do on Christmas or someone invited you or maybe it's because you go to church every week but you've been operating under an illusion one that Scrooge was under called himself a man of the highest principles and most generous spirit, unwilling to admit the blind spots, the lack of just behavior, the lack of righteous attitudes. And today, maybe, just maybe, you'd open yourself to a helper, one who wants to come alongside you in this life and secure eternity for you because that's what Jesus came to do. If today you're in this place and you feel God tugging on your heart saying, this is the day. This is the day to admit not all is right. This is the day to admit I have not been right or just but I've been living my life to please self and not God and I want that to change right now I never want to miss Christmas again I want to pray with you because you are not so far off from God you are not so separated as you might think for his presence is here And he hears your prayer. And if you want to turn your heart and your life over to him, today is the day to do it. If you are in need of a counselor today, a father, a consolation, a helper, and a savior, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you tell God that that is the case? God, I need you. Tell him I need you. I've been living my life unto myself. I need you, and I would invite you right now—not for me, but for you—to do something physical to match what's taking place in the spiritual. How do you do that? I would just say, turn two palms towards heaven, raise a hand to God, and say, "God, that's me." Stand, do something right now to say, "God, I'm serious." God, I'm serious. Serious, I need you. I'm tired of living unto myself. I want to live unto you, my creator, my helper, my sustainer, my salvation. Right now, make that decision for him. If that's you today, I'm gonna to invite you to pray a prayer with me. It's not a magic prayer but it is a prayer that will be heard by God. And if you're here today and you've prayed a prayer like this before, I'm going to invite you to pray with me as well. That way those praying for the first time in this way will not be alone. But we're just going to pray a prayer to invite God into our lives and ask that Jesus would forgive us of all our trespasses, make us new, save us and come alongside us from this day forward. Would you repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming to earth to be God with me, to be my helper, my counselor, my father, my peace. I want you to be my peace. So I give up my sense of self. I give up the idea that I'm just. I give up the idea that I'm right. I give up the idea that I'm selfless. And I ask you to make me that way. Forgive me and make me new. I'll follow you the rest of my days and rejoice in the gift that is you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand sing, with us?
1: i are going to sing one song to close.
0: Jesus,
1: Messiah,
2: the name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sin. the ransom from heaven no jesus messiah Messiah the name above all names yes you are blessed Redeemer God with us Emmanuel He's the rescue for sinners the rescue for sinners the ransom from heaven the ransom from heaven Messiah the Lord of all
0: well I hope you're having a merrier Christmas than when you got here because there is nothing like celebrating the one who has come to be our Emmanuel and the one who came ultimately to save us for all of eternity Today, if you prayed that prayer with me, maybe for the very first time, I encourage you, look at the person you came with and say, I have no idea what that was about, but I prayed with that pastor. And they'll say, that's all right, that's good, that's good, God's doing something in your heart and they'll talk to you about that. If you didn't come with a soul, I'm going to be right up here, you come tell me, I prayed that prayer with you, and I have no idea why I did, because I hadn't planned on it. Well, that's the God's work in your life because he's been trying to get a hold of you for quite some time. And I'd love to talk to you about what to do next. And I know that'd be very intimidating to many to come talk to a pastor. That's why I said talk to your friend first. But came on your own, I'll be up here to talk with you, give you some resources. But for the rest of us today, I hope you celebrate the true meaning of Christmas with all of your heart. Remind yourselves of it. Sing about it. Talk about it. With hymns and spiritual songs, as the Bible tells us to. Merry Christmas.